Hello, everyone. This is Lisa DeLay, and you are listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School, Lesson 153, A Testament to Simplicity. Today, I'm going to be bringing you some thoughts from a man named Thomas R. Kelly, Thomas Raymond Kelly. He was a Quaker who actually passed away in 1941. His little book called A Testament of Devotion has been a classic, a very inspiring book for a lot of people, including one of my personal favorites, Dr. Howard Thurman. Today I'm going to be reading a little bit from this beautiful little book. To give you some background on Thomas Raymond Kelly, he was a Quaker mystic and an educator. His desire was to go to Asia and do missionary work. He graduated from Wellington College in 1913 with a chemistry major, and then he went to Haverford College just outside of Philadelphia, where he came under the mentoring of Rufus Jones, a rather famous Quaker educator. Kelly then went to Hartford Theological Seminary and was trained to serve in Asia, but then World War I broke out. Being a pacifist, he signed up with the YMCA to help the troops and eventually worked with German prisoners of war. Many of his colleagues and he were fired because they were ardent pacifists and the military didn't want those people with those views to have access to military personnel to sway them to nonviolence. He tried to earn a second PhD at Harvard University at his oral exams He had a memory lapse, and he couldn't do the oral defense for his dissertation. At this point, he fell into a great period of grief, depression, but that culminated in a kind of new spiritual awakening for him. In 1938, he went to Germany to encourage the Quakers there, living under Hitler's regime. In 1941, Harper and Brothers wanted to meet with him to discuss publishing a devotional book. That very day, he died of a heart attack in Haverford, Pennsylvania. And later on, the book was published, which is called A Testament of Devotion. I'm going to be reading from page 36 in that book. And it's on simplicity. It's a very short book, full of beautiful writing. And this is a a real treasure if you can get your hands on a copy. My copy is a 1992 edition. It's a real musty smelling edition, and I think I'm allergic to it. So if I sound a little funny in this recording, it's because I think I'm allergic to the dustiness of this book. Kelly writes, page 36 of A Testament of Devotion. The last fruit of holy obedience is the simplicity of the trusting child, the simplicity of children of God. It is the simplicity that lies beyond complexity. It is the naivete that is the yonder side of sophistication. It is the beginning of spiritual maturity, which comes after the awkward age of religious busyness for the kingdom of God. Yet how many are caught and arrested in development within this adolescent development of the soul's growth? The mark of this simplified life is radiant joy. It lives in the fellowship of the transfigured face. Transfigured face is capitalized there. 
Knowing sorrow to the depths, it does not agonize and fret and strain, but in serene, unhurried calm, it walks in time with the joy and assurance of eternity. Knowing fully the complexity of human problems, it cuts through to the love of God and ever cleaves to God. Like the mercy of Shakespeare, tis mightiest in the mightiest. But it binds all obedient souls together in the fellowship of humility and simple adoration of God, who is all in all. I have in mind something deeper than the simplification of our external programs, our absurdly crowded calendars of appointments through which so many pantingly and frantically gasp. These do become simplified in holy obedience, and the poise and peace we have been missing can really be found. But there is a deeper and internal simplification of the whole of one's personality, stilled, tranquil, in childlike trust, listening ever to eternity's whisper, walking with a smile into the dark. This amazing simplification comes when we can, quote, center down, when life is lived with singleness of eye from a holy center where the breath and stillness of eternity are heavy upon us and where we are wholly yielded to God. Some of you know this holy recreating center of eternal peace and joy and live in it day and night. Some of you may see it over the margin and wistfully long to slip into that amazing center where the soul is at home with God. Be very faithful to that wistful longing. It is the eternal goodness calling you to return home. To feed upon green pastures and walk beside still waters and live in the peace of the shepherd's presence. It is the life beyond fevered strain. We are called beyond strain to peace and power and joy and love and thorough abandonment of self. We are called to put our hands trustingly in God's hand and walk the holy way in no anxiety, assuredly resting in God. If you're familiar with Howard Thurman's writings, you'll hear those words centered down in Howard Thurman's writings. That is a kind of mystical reference or a contemplative reference to quieting down and allowing God to speak or quieting down into the fullness of the Spirit of God where we are seen and known and loved by God and we allow God to embrace us. That is something you see in Howard Thurman's writings. In Jesus and the Disinherited, which was written about three years later, you see some of these terms. Kelly also writes about the Blessed Community, which you also see in Howard Thurman's writings. And so you could see some direct parallels that were, are picked up by Howard Thurman later that also were incredibly influential and architectural to the spiritual side of the civil rights movement in the 1960s. And what really bolstered the, the faith and the spiritual foundation for the people working so hard during those difficult times. Now, this is written during the time of the Second World War. Things weren't so good. There have been so many times when 
humankind has been stressed and strained by pestilence, plague, disease, disasters, war. And it will force us to live more simplified lives. It'll force us to come back to center and come back home to where things are simple and we don't have the many distractions of ordinary life that are really the luxuries, but sometimes the idols that we keep handy to comfort and soothe us. He talks about our absurdly crowded calendars of appointments, and he knew nothing of computers and Google calendars and iPhones, and he knew nothing of the fast-paced life of the digital world of a coming age when we would all be connected by computer. I doubt he could even imagine a world like we live in today. He was born in 1893 and died in 1941. And yet these words are evergreen and they pertain to us so well in these times. I would love for you during your homebound times to get a copy of this wonderful book, A Testament of Devotion. You could probably pick up a used copy for just a few dollars. If not on Amazon, there's other booksellers. And if you can find a used bookseller, an independent bookseller, they're really struggling at these times. And you can call them up and have them ship a book to you. I would encourage you to search a little harder online to find an independent bookseller to send you a copy or to find a copy for you to sell it to you. And this is the time when we really band together and try to help each other out in these little ways. For those of you who are struggling now with anxieties and concerns, fears about catching COVID-19 or spreading it to someone, I have those same concerns. It's been hard for me to wrap my brain around all that's happening, and I've been keeping up with the news too much. I'm going to be pulling back from social media and pulling back from the news so that I can center down and I can have a life of more simplicity. I'm going to be reading more. I'm going to be journaling. And I'm going to strip away some things in my life that cause unneeded anxiety and concern. And during this time, I probably will write more letters that get sent in the normal U.S. mail. And I'll be happy to write you emails, too. But you might not see me online in the next few weeks as much. So if you'd like to contact me and we can correspond a little bit, you can write me at contact at sparkmymuse.com. I'd be happy to write you back. I thank you for listening to this podcast. And remember that as you're homebound, and as you want to find things to do or interesting people to listen to, there are over 325 episodes that I've done. Half of those or so are soul school episodes and the other half or more are guest episodes. And there are so many writers, thought leaders, teachers, amazing people, both famous, semi-famous and ordinary that you can gain so much from so many insights. And I encourage you to just go to sparkmymuse.com and type in a search word or go to my favorites and top posts and uh, listen to some of those as you are at home. I hope and pray that your spirits are kept high 
and lifted in this time, that you be encouraged and that you find your encouragement also by encouraging others and lifting spirits. It's easy to get down when we don't know about the future and it seems so uncertain. And a time of being homebound and sheltering in place seems to be extended for a time that we don't really know. But there have been worse times in humanity. There have been times of plague and pestilence and war where we weren't connected and we couldn't encourage each other because people were just in their homes without plumbing and without electricity and without any way to get medicine or food. And for many of us, that's not true now. If you're able to listen to this podcast, you probably live the kind of life that gives you certain luxuries. And for that, I'm thankful. And I pray that you will also pray for me and my family during this time of challenge. Thank you, friends, for listening. I will have more things for you at patreon.com forward slash spark my muse, free to the public, and also and also some more special things available to supporters at a dollar or more a month. And that helps pay the bills for me. So come by and check those out. Stay safe. I'll see you next week.